You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Over 7 million different animals inhabit our planet. You know, while you're driving or listening to this, just think, okay, how big is a blue whale in your head? Just for a second. Think, okay. What can they teach us? They are the biggest animal to ever live, but they're also the loudest. Yep, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yep. And so they... Many species are in crisis and need your help. Join the movement at allcreaturespod.com. Welcome to the All Creatures Podcast. This is Chris. And I'm Angie. Angie, I'm so excited today. Again, like I'm excited every day thinking about this stuff, but I'm like giddy because I got to pick this one. Yes, no, and I'm giddy for you, but then once I dived into the research, I found myself just mesmerized and unable to shut down my computer, and, yeah. and this, I probably have the longest notes <laughs> I've ever had <laughs> for any of the species that we covered, uh, which makes I, sense. I have the longest and biggest notes that I've ever had because today we are covering- is the largest mammal in the world and the largest animal- Ever to ever, live in the world. Ever. Ever. On Earth, ever. Ever. Yeah. The history. The mm-hmm. history. The blue whale. Like, I just am so excited to cover these guys. The blue whale, I think, I've known for a long time that it was the largest mm-hmm. mammal on Earth, but I didn't realize that it's the largest animal or mammal or thing that's yeah. ever been. I didn't realize that it was bigger than the brachiosaurus and some of these dinosaurs right. i right I, I that was news to me and it's i thought I, yeah i would have thought some underwater dinosaur might have been bigger exactly but no this Mm-mm. we have not found anything as big as a blue whale and the great news is it's still here it's alive i know it's alive <laughs> it's alive yes so yes no another and that, cetacean mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah another I, cetacean yeah no it's another cetacean. you want to stay tuned because this time, I actually interviewed an expert before we recorded our episode. So throughout, I'm going to have some little snippets from Dr. Kim Getz down here in New Zealand, who's doing blue whale research. Uh, her interview, yeah, it's a, it was a great interview. Her, we're going to release that in a couple of days. She gave so many insane insights on blue whales and and marine conservation. So uh, you know, stay tuned. I'll, I'll give you some more details towards the end of the pod about that for Thursday. But yeah, it's it's really, really exciting. So so Angie, the first thing about blue whales, they're baleen whales, right? Yes, baleen. And that has to do yeah. with how they get their food. Right, right. So they filter they're like filter feeders like the whale shark, just these things are so I mean whale sharks are massive, but these things are are huge. Huge. Yes. And then what's really cool about the mangy is not only is this the largest animal in the world, but it eats some of the tiniest animals in the sea, the krill. Right. Some little crustaceans yeah. that you and I would probably enjoy eating. Yeah. I mean, it's like, how in the heck do these things sustain themselves? I know, but well, they eat a lot. They eat a lot, a lot, yes. a lot. Uh, we'll have some statistics yeah. in a little while about how much yeah. they eat to be as large as they are. But Chris, the... Uh, how big are they? Yeah. So for the listeners, I'm like, you know, while you're driving or listening to this, just think, okay, how big is a blue whale in your head? Just for a second. Think, okay, if you don't know, guess. Give you a second. Okay. They're as long as a 10-story building. Mm-hmm. So roughly 100 feet or up to 32 meters mm-hmm. 
Like that is two two and a half buses. That is a Boeing seven thirty seven, more or less. Yes, which is a big, big a big airplane, big. not the little puddle jumpers. Big airplane, I fly in all no. the time. Yeah, no, and you know, I mean, that's impressive, right? So that that to me is impressive. But what really got me was the weight. So if somebody out there, if you could guess how many tons these guys weigh, it's insane. It's insane. I'll, I'll give you a hint. 40 elephants worth of weight. So, wow. so that equates to 220 U.S. tons or 440,000 pounds or 200,000 kilograms. Like insane. Insane. It's it's incredible. And and honestly, though, it's my understanding that these weights are really, really good guesstimates, too. Because... Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> What's the last time you had a blue yeah, whale on a scale? Yeah, I mean, what kind of scale? A lot of it's from when they were, you know, if one washed up and then they would do piecemeal. And so there's... But if, if mm-hmm. one had uh, washed up to shore, it's probably not... It's full weight because it's been yeah, dehydrated yeah. out in the sun. And so mm-hmm. even if they measured parts of the body, uh, they're still right. probably underestimating it. <laughs> Which right, is- right. I mean, that's – it's insane. It's insane. And so when I was looking at kind of the sizes and, and looking this up, I, I first wanted to see, okay, how big's a krill? Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's about two inches or the size of a paperclip. Mm. Wow. So here you have this this 220 ton animal eating a bunch of little crustaceans that are the size of a paperclip. Uh, just crazy. It's crazy. So in looking at the sizes too, before we we jump into more of a a, a bigger description of them, you know, I, I was like, okay, you know, they say the largest animal ever. So what are some things that are comparable? One thing we talked about with the whale sharks was megalodon. Mm-hmm. Now, a megalodon could probably take down a blue. I know they could, but megalodon was about 60 feet long, okay? So still half the size, roughly a little bit over half the size of a blue whale. So then I'm like, okay, what about dinosaurs? You know, you can go back to dinos. They think the biggest dinosaur ever was Argentinosaurus. That is right. See, this is where I need my four-year-old because he knew that fact. I could could only quickly come up with Brachiosaurus, and I thought I was doing pretty good. I forgot about that that one. Yeah. (laughs) Argentinosaurus, or however you say it. Uh, Xander's brilliant, Uh, our future paleontologist. So Argentinosaurus might be a little bit longer. They they thought of about 37 meters or 122 feet, but that's from nose to tail. tail. So they had really Mm -hmm. long tails. Right, so the weight was nowhere no, near. No, no. About half the weight of a blue whale. And really, so why do blue whales, how can they get so big? Well, they live in the ocean, so the buoyancy, that allows them to, to get that massive Yeah, if you weight. think of elephants, they have to stand on their four legs, and so there's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And land, land mammals, because of the weight, are confined to how big they potentially can get or the dinosaurs too. There was, there was a max out where with a buoyant animal and especially an animal that has access to large surpluses of food, such as the krill when they come into Mm -hmm. season and there's blooms of them. So just tons and tons of them, Mm -hmm. uh, all you can eat krill buffet or small crustacean buffet. They were able to get very big. Right, right, right. Now, a little bit on, you know, everybody knows a blue whale. Okay, it's blue and it's a whale, right? So they can kind of do that, but well, when is they it surface, actually blue yeah. though? Is yeah, that's no, a good blue? question. Yeah, they're really not. 
it just right. looks blue underwater, right? Sure, sure. So when they surface, their skin's more of a mottled gray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. kind of... Yeah, and the lower sides are, are uh, a little bit w- uh, white in color, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And then I, they said that they kind of turn yellow uh, because of microorganisms. I was like, oh, you know, do we need a bath? But <laughs> they have those long lon- longitudinal folds from, mm-hmm. you know, I guess the, the nose all the way down to their tails. So those folds underneath. And so they get some microorganisms in there. We that all kind of got some microorganisms yellow. in our folds, Chris. <laughs> yeah. You, you don't want to know bare, people. <laughs> I'm sitting here with my bare feet right now being like, hmm, what's in, <laughs> what's in the folds of these toes? <laughs> oh, God, I, Angie. <laughs> I do. I live in Florida now. It's a thing. It's called swamp feet. It happens. Oh, man. Yeah. In New Zealand, <laughs> nobody wears shoes. That's the one thing. It's hilarious. So I, there you go. There's more micro. I saw that in the in the grocery stores, right? I yeah. No shoes. <laughs> so silly. So you guys definitely have more mic- toe microorganisms than we do here in swampy Florida. <laughs> oh, God, I don't want to think about it. Oh, make someone throw up. Okay. Yeah. So they don't wear shoes around here. It's it's bizarre. Like it was pouring raining the other day. It was colder. And this guy's in shorts and a t-shirt walking around down the street in bare feet. I'm just like, oh, New Zealand. I gotta oh, love you. Bless his heart. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. New Zealand's awesome. So yeah, so no, yeah, back to the blue whales and the microorganisms. So what's really, you know, people, you know, they want to look at a picture, but they, they have this really broad, flat head. It's really kind of bizarre. mm -hmm. Well, and for me too, uh, studying these pictures of these guys and videos of what's out there is Mm -hmm. I compared to other whales or what I picture, I've been blessed enough out out in Hawaii to watch the humpback migration mm-hmm. and watch them breach. And mm-hmm. I'm used to more of like a round body. The blue mm-hmm. whale is actually very long and slender mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. compared yeah. to the other whales. It's uh, it right. looks, There's all these amazing pictures, of course, which is, you, you guys know me. I get distracted, <laughs> easily distracted yeah, yeah. Uh, when I'm looking at animal pics and videos. But they there's really neat pictures of them underwater with like mm-hmm. a boat on top, a small boat to show you just the size difference. Right. And, right. But they do, they look like long torpedoes almost. I mean, they're very, they do. they're very, yeah. they're very long, very long, obviously, and uh-huh. slender. Yeah. Which would probably, you know, for energy conservation, you know, we get into the physiology of it all, you know, mm-hmm. so they're not these big, they're just long, <laughs> they're huge. They're just huge. Well, and speaking of their, <laughs> speaking of their size, do you know, their heart, okay. Obviously, they're gonna have a right. large heart to pump blood through that large body. Right, right. Can you guess how much it weighs? Oh, geez. Um, let me see. Uh, four or five hundred pounds. Yeah, know. you're pretty darn good. About four hundred pounds, and it's the largest oh, known. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Good job. Oh wow, Look, okay. Star for yeah. you, Chris. Good yeah, job. I didn't even. I didn't even look that up. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's. 400, that's insane. I mean, that's just, yeah. it's the largest of any known animal. And so this means you have to start calling me Dr. Chris. Sorry. <laughs> so good. Okay. I've got one. I've got one for you. Okay. Okay. How yeah. about their flippers, right? Their whales. Oh, they have flippers. How long? <sighs> Six feet. Uh, that's how tall I am. Six, five. And I guess I have to keep calling you Chris. Uh, um, Rongo Bongo. I love really? it when Six my feet? old boss pretty... is wrong. Yeah, okay. Longer. What? Yeah, you did price the right rules. So Higher. Nine, Higher. <laughs> nine and a half to 13 feet. Wow. 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 To, wow. Or, or three to four meters for the next yeah. person. Yeah. 
Okay. 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 Yeah, that's but, crazy but though. Think, yeah. Like, look in your look in your room. I am. That, that's what I was doing. To yeah. Your ceiling to your ceiling, yeah. and that is one of their flippers' lengths. That's crazy because I mean, yeah, they're <laughs> it's a tenth of the size of yeah. That's yeah. That's nuts. That's nuts. Yeah. So their their head though. I mean, their head's pretty weird looking too. Like the way I was kind of describing it. And again, Angie and I are, are trying to do the best we can. Uh, you know, the mouth is like the top third of their head and then the bottom portion's two thirds. And when mm-hmm. we get to their feeding behavior, that's kind of important because they really enlarge that mouth and, and scoop, uh, when they feed. And then they have the, the flat flukes, you know, mm-hmm. where whale sharks, it's, it's up and down. These are flat and they're kind of triangular. So anyways, yeah, this blue whale. <laughs> That's actually modeled gray and super big. <laughs> There's your description, folks. And very majestic. Very majestic. Yeah. When oh. I'm moving through the water or – and now there's all this – we'll talk more in a little bit. But there's all these mm-hmm. uh, drone footage of them. Oh, yeah. So yeah. You can get – you can get – there's air, nice aerial shots if you look around Which on the internet. Which is crazy. And I, I meant to ask that in my interview, but it was going so long anyways. I didn't get to it with Dr. Getz, but – Maybe when I do talk to her again, I'll ask her about using drones, but her blue whale research that she's doing, I can't imagine flying those things over water because I stink at flying my own drone that I have. <laughs> I've never tried, but <laughs> oh, I, I would be good. <laughs> Mine goes in like the trees. I'm lucky I, I find it. Uh, well, I couldn't imagine I doing would it. Be, yeah, I would be even worse. Like me driving a car the first five to eight years was, was, yeah. <laughs> was bad enough. <laughs> Yeah, when you come down here, you're not driving in New Zealand. <laughs> not oh, <like> you. <laughs> gosh, no, no. When I've been overseas, the road. yeah, I've yeah. always let my friends do that when I'm with them because yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's safety first, right? Yeah, yeah. So blue whales live per- all over the world. Again. They do. Uh, I love to click on the interactive map to show where the species live on the IUCN webpage. And this mm-hmm. one covered all the oceans. Right, yep. They- Only places you don't find them is the Mediterranean. Which is mm-hmm. interesting, you know. Maybe they just don't go through uh, the Gibra- you know Straits of Gibraltar to get in there, uh, so they they don't find them They're there. They're too darn big. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't back up the bus, right? Exactly. And then exactly. this was curious too: is they don't really find them in the Arctic or the Bering Sea, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But we find them all over down here, you know, all over the Antarctic. Well, so. that's why I got really excited for you. A lot of the uh, research that I was looking up is from Australia or yeah. some in New Zealand. New and Zealand, yep. You can definitely do some sightseeing, so you'll have to put that yes. on the bucket list for sure. For sure, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm going to try to get on Dr. Getz's boat. I'm I'm, I'm working the, the, the angle there, so <laughs> I'm going to go Absolutely. out and help her tag whales. Yeah. All right, so the different uh, subspecies of blue whale. Mm-hmm. The the overall species name is Bellino Terra musculus. That's pretty easy. That was an yeah. easy one. Good job. And so the the four subspecies generally that are accepted the the Antarctic or the true blue whale is what they they call them. <laughs> I like that true blue. <laughs> yeah, I know true blue whale. Maybe because they are kind of blue. I don't know. And then they have the pygmy blue whale. Now, when I first heard that, I was like, Doctor Guess was talking about that. I was like, are they small? You know, like the the pygmy sperm whale. But sure, no, they're not. Oh, they're not. <laughs> yeah, they're oh. not. No, oh, they can get up to not... eighty feet long. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's not what I was expecting. I didn't do a lot no. of research on the pygmy. My, I just yeah. assumed. See, no. that's what happens yeah. when you assume. It makes a you know yep. what out of you and yeah, me. <laughs> you, yeah, 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 yeah. 
No, and then so like Dr. Getz was talking about their range. They don't go as far south as the Antarctic Blues, mm. so they don't go down to Antarctica. They but they're off the coast of New Zealand. So, so why are that's they called kind of, pygmy then? What? They're just they're not as big. Gotcha. Okay, but they're not so, small. There's yeah. Small, gotcha. no, okay. no, mm-hmm. no. They're they're pretty big. And then in the northern hemisphere you have two subspecies. You have the North Atlantic and the North Pacific. So they kind of stay isolated in their parts of the world. They really don't, they don't cross the equator. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably cause, you know, it just, they're not, there's not their food sources around there, you know, where the, it's too warm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, interesting, it was like whale sharks. I was thinking about this. The land separates the, the northern population and especially since they don't go near the sea ice and things like that at the North Pole. So that's kind of why they've, they've done that. And they've done that with genetics, right? So mm-hmm. kind of isolated them. Now, the conservation, again, very important. Blue whales are endangered. We'll get more of this later in the pod. But, yeah, they're, they've been decimated. Decimated. Sure, yeah. With the – yeah, Chris, the blue whales were – all the subspecies were very abundant in the oceans mm-hmm. until the beginning of the 20th century. And right. then they were pretty much almost hunted to extinction by the whaling industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but luckily, um, with a lot of international collaborations, efforts, scientists, researchers, uh, probably just whale enthusiasts in general, uh, in 1966, so not too long ago, mm-hmm. probably closer to when you were born. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on. Just yes. teasing. Just, just teasing. Um, but no, so in 1966, the mm-hmm. International Whaling Commission made it illegal to hunt blue whales. Mm -hmm. And there was some people in some areas that didn't necessarily comply, primarily in the, uh, in the Soviet union, Mm -hmm. but around 1970, they started shaping up. Right. Uh, and so, so by the time this whaling ban came into effect, Mm -hmm. for instance, the Antarctic population had been reduced to only 360 individuals. Yeah. Dr. Getz told me, approximately. Yeah, she said that mm-hmm. the Soviet whaling industry knocked them down to 1% of their total population. 1%. Wow. Oh, wow. my God. Okay. Yeah. That's – yeah. And so the good news – spoiler alert – there is really good news that we'll be reporting today mm-hmm. is that populations are increasing. They're right. a lot – I normally say decreasing, but they mm-hmm. – overall, in the past uh, 40, 50 years, they are increasing. Mm-hmm. It's just that they – they're definitely nowhere near where they were sustainable yeah. where, and, and yeah. And they're nowhere near where they were pre whaling to what right. they naturally would be without man decimating the population. So, yeah. uh, but yeah, so I mean, it's, there's, it, there's good news and with the blue whale, I think you can probably speak on behalf of the scientists you spoke to, mm-hmm. but I think cautiously optimistic. Yes. If we do yes. certain thing, if we do certain things, right. We'll, they'll be around for our great grandkids. If uh, we don't pay attention yeah. they, they're, they're to our oceans away. and our ocean yeah. health and our climate health, that they probably will go away. Right. So, yeah, and I, I don't want to give away too many spoilers on the interview, but I mean, there's so much cool stuff that we talked about. So I won't. No, I haven't heard it yet. I'm like, I, I don't. Yeah. I hate wishing away days, but I kind of yeah. wish it was Thursday. <laughs> I know it was really great. She's so brilliant. Just. You know, uh, it's funny. I was uh, conservation crushes. You talk about <laughs> Leonardo. <laughs> I'm like, I'm getting crushes. I mean, don't let my wife listen to this, but I'm getting crushes on these, uh, all these conservation <laughs> experts like Allison. I was like, 
I was like, it's so heaven talking to her, listening to her talk about rhinos. Oh God. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, don't don't tell her, but I have like a huge crush on her now. And now Dr. <laughs> well, Getz, hopefully she doesn't say, listen I, to this. She'll never but... find out. I just... <laughs> <laughs> conservation crushes are totally healthy and normal, okay. Chris. At least so that's I what I tell myself. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, man. Oh, thank God Ashley doesn't listen to this. Just like listen to her. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I'm not going there. John doesn't listen either, but it's only because he doesn't have time. I mean, he's yeah, a busy I know. man. He'll, yeah. he'll listen someday. Somebody's got to make money, right? You and I just do this. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah, so the the interview with Dr. Getz, I was just like, again, like Allison in heaven listening and talking to her. And so she was talking a lot about it, what made it really interesting, too, is we did kind of some broader issues with marine conservation and the health of the oceans, which is mm-hmm. just so scary, you know, especially with the plastics, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think I always ask myself – for my listeners' sake, why, why, why care? Why should the average person who maybe doesn't see a blue whale or is not a scientist working on mm-hmm. the blue whale conservation, why should they care? And I, there's the obvious that they're the largest animal to ever mm-hmm. be on mm-hmm. Earth and the size, which I was, I was really enamored with to the point where I spent probably an hour of my life that I'll never get back just trying to find locations where I could take the boys this summer to, to see, see it <laughs> to, well to see yeah. an intact skeleton or a replica mm-hmm. so I will I will save the listeners some time and just uh, if you are interested in potentially getting up close and personal for these size comparisons Chris and I are are definitely not doing justice on right, um, right. over the air but uh, first and foremost, there's the American Museum of Natural History in New York. They have a fiberglass replica that you can walk okay. under and okay, yeah, yep. yeah. So I've never yep. been to that museum. It's on. It my is one list. of my favorite. It is one of my all time favorite. I didn't know if it was a blue whale because it's been years since I've been. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I love. It. They have Lucy. You know who's like really famous? Oh, I, I really, yeah. yeah I, I really want to go. I might try to go this summer uh, when we visit family in, in Boston. Yeah. And in the far, far west coast, there's a really nice uh, replica. Or might no, I think it might actually be the real deal in mm. London in the Museum of Natural History. They have a new exhibit oh, wow. in 2017 that opened up, and her name is Hope, is what they at least call the call the skeleton. So oh, wow. I don't know when I'll I don't know when I'll be going to London, but yeah. The, uh, also in the states on the west coast, the Santa Barbara Museum of Natural History has one, mm. and uh, uh, out of Santa Cruz, the Seymour Marine Discovery Center. So your stomping grounds, mm-hmm. right? So right. yeah, there's definitely some places, and I think, and there's more. I just couldn't find them all online. So if any of the listeners know if there's any place closer to Florida where I can go stand under a blue whale <laughs> with my yeah. boys, let me know. Uh, yeah. But so yeah, I think so. The size, just the sheer size, and all these fun facts mm. that we're saying is. If that's not reason enough to care about them, I think yeah. it's responsibility mm-hmm. about their intelligence and their curiosity. It's just drawn people to them. I, mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. and I are great examples of that and the research scientists that you interviewed. And so, yeah, but because of that, part of the, one of the bigger conservation issues is the ocean health mm-hmm. with, uh, with the whales. And recently, I think just this past week, I'm not sure if you were, your news feed was bombarded with it, but mm-hmm. there was a sperm whale, so not a blue whale, mm-hmm. so smaller than yeah. a blue whale, but a, a sperm whale had washed up onto a beach in Spain that had mm-hmm. 64 pounds Ugh. of plastic waste in its stomach. 
I know. I, uh, maybe sick. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that it's just indicative of what's going on with our oceans. Yeah. And I think that it's just, it's a wake up call. And of course, right. people that study the study whales and other marine life, are aware of these problems. And I think the public is starting to become more aware. And, and so I think that if anything, we need to use them as a canary in the coal mine, the sperm whale, Mm -hmm. for instance, let's not let his life be in vain. Let's, let's work on this plastic stuff and, and reducing plastic. And I'll have a little bit more on the podcast later. If there's time for me to go into my no plastic or reduced plastic hooray. Right. Hopefully I'll stick around it for that. Is, but, it is, it is, but, it is. It's really important. But, it's uh, really, really know, but I do think, Chris, too, that uh, recently some big, some big ballers in the game are starting to take notice. And people mm-hmm, are voting mm-hmm. with their dollars and people are becoming more vocal mm-hmm. and people don't want to see things like this happen to a sperm whale or any animal right. for that instance. Right. Um, and so, for instance, McDonald's is phasing out straws in the U.K., in the United Kingdom. Yeah, it's really good. Huge. Yeah, yep, yep. they're going back to, they're, well, I should say that they're phasing out plastic straws. They are going to use mm-hmm. paper straws instead. And mm-hmm. so I was so, I'm like, this is amazing. I'm going to, I don't usually go to McDonald's, but I'm going to, I'm going to go have a shamrock shake or something out of a paper yeah. straw. <laughs> I was super stoked about it. But then yeah. I kept reading and I found out that the United States has not taken that same plunge Stance. yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. the McDonald's in the United States, if you're out there listening, are people uh, encourage the United States to to follow what the UK is trying to do? Uh, I think that that would be great. Uh, and then, and then, uh, for instance, too, uh, just last week, Starbucks announced a ten million dollar challenge for the creation of a fully compostable paper coffee cup. Because oh, of, yeah, yeah okay. so they use a lot of paper, yeah. but they want they're looking for a paper that has no plastic liner in it that can be completely mm-hmm. fully compostable. So shout out to them for doing that. So I think hopefully we're going to see more of that kind of thing in the future. Yeah. Uh, as, but in in the interim, there's different things you can do. And I'm all anti-straw. I carry a, a metal mm-hmm. straw in my purse. And otherwise, mm-hmm. I just say no straw. And then yeah. the other thing you can do is there's uh, on Facebook, there's this really cool group called The Last Plastic Straw. And yeah, 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 check them out, man. Uh, they just have like a movement going and they're trying to remove plastic straws because they obviously end up in mm-hmm. the waste, uh, in our stream, in our waste and stream and oceans and beaches. And you can take like a pledge to do that and there's no money involved. There's no commitment involved. Right. Just check them out. Yeah. The last plastic straw, yeah. I went ahead and liked them on Facebook and I, and groups like that that in, in, encourage us to think outside of our box and challenge us to be better. Yeah. And I think a lot of it's, just changing habits mm-hmm. too, right? We just have habits and it's like we really got to commit ourselves and, you know, make healthy habits and, and for the environment and for ourselves too, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, last pod we talked about redu- reducing meat consumption mm-hmm. and how that has an effect on the rainforest with all the cattle ranching. If you just start saying, okay, I need to eat less meat, you crave less of it, less of it, and now you're eating smaller portions of it. With plastics, it's like, okay, make an effort to reduce plastic consumption. You start developing those habits, and then pretty soon, second nature, like, oh, no, thank you. Just trying to reduce my plastic 
You yeah, know, I have a I have a, a little joke at the yeah. grocery store. You guys can borrow from mm-hmm. me when they try to give me plastic. If I for, if, of course we all forget our bags. We're we're, we're human. Mm-hmm. I forget my bags probably one yeah. out of six times. And then when they offer me plastic, I always joke and I say, "Oh no, thanks. I'm trying to save a tree." And and yeah. they all <laughs> they all look at me kind of weird, and then they <laughs> laugh because obviously. Yeah. Plastic doesn't come from trees and all of that. Right, right, But right. it's just my kind of lighthearted, you know me, I'm a funny girl, kind of way to mm-hmm. to, to lighten things up and show them that it, it's, right. it's fun and it's funny and cool to be uh, – to not use plastic or not use plastic bags. And so right. – um, right, right. Anyways, yeah, I. It's kind of. It's it's picking up. It's picking up steam. It's picking up steam. Yeah. All right, back to blue whales. Let's get back to blue whales. That, but it's so critical. The the plastics just like it's it's a constant theme that you and I are running across. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just constant, mm-hmm. constant. Anything we talk about the oceans is plastic and, and global warming. So the blue whales can live up to 110 wow. years old. Now. How do they know that, Angie? They don't have a driver's license or something. What do you think? Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. Rings of a tree? Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. It is like that, though. They actually determine the age of whales. You, are you ready for this one? I'm so excited. Talking is about it... Nike nasty toes. And it... They determine it by earwax. What? No way. Yes, I was waiting yes. for like rings on their belief yeah. or carbon no, dating. No, no. Yeah, no, it is the earwax in the ear. As the animal ages, they have these earplugs to protect their inner ears, uh-huh. and it's layered. So it is almost like a tree ring. And I have this nasty picture of an earplug that I'm going to – it's not nasty. It's just uh, – anyways, but it has like little grooves in it that they can count. Awesome. And so Let me they, see that picture. They're able Turn to – Turn the camera around. Let yeah. me see that picture. Can you see it? Oh, <laughs> Nasty yeah. and interesting. You can see the grooves? Yeah. yeah, you can see the grooves. It's making me want yeah, a Q-tip, so they... though, right now, to be honest. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Anything with earwax, like, just gross. But, uh, yeah, form and function, right? You know, so they were able to to find a blue whale with, and count the rings. Like, the what graduate student was doing that? They were like, man, I don't want to study whale earwax. And then they made, like, the coolest <laughs> discovery ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like that Titana Bow story yeah, I, I talked yeah. about, the grad student. It was like, uh... Um, so, on average, though, the blue whale lives about 80, 90 in the wild. And the what we covered in the, the other pod, the bowhead whales, they thought they can live up to 200. So, pretty yeah. crazy. Now, males are bulls, females are cows, babies are calves, a group is a pod. Mm-hmm. And, you know, very similar life cycle. Now, what's really, I know you and I are just like itching to get to this stuff too, is their physical traits. Like just amazing physiology. Oh, the physiology is 101 on whales is incredible. Uh, I, I didn't yeah. even have time to read all of it because the adaptations to mm-hmm. you know, be a mammal in the ocean and able to eat lots of tiny crustaceans and dive deep that those facts alone are just nature's incredible. <laughs> it's just incredible. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is. Biology is awesome. The, the blue whales in most whales and cetaceans, the internal organs are just like any other mm-hmm. mammal. It's just, they don't have hips or legs, right. right? So those have evolved away. The, the rostrum, just starting with the blue whale, has a unique one. It's they actually is like U shaped, and they have two separate blowholes. Mm-hmm. So you talked about how their hearts are being so big. Get, get this fact, Angie: 
you can hear their heartbeats from two miles away underwater. Wow. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's insane. insane. Like I two, could hear it or another yeah. animal. Like me, Angie. You, yeah. Yeah. I you love- could hear it from like, you know, if you, if you have your underwater acoustic awesome. thing, you know, listening. I want to do that. Yeah. I want that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want that, that be... experience. So, you know, I, I want to blow your mind because one of the things I asked myself was how these animals can stay underwater for so long. First thing is their lungs are smaller compared to us body weight wise, which which doesn't make sense really. Yeah. Yeah. So for humans, we're about 7% body weight as lungs for a blue whale. It's 3%, Mm -hmm. which is not much compared to their size. Now blue whales can stay underwater for 20 minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. Sperm whales can go 90 minutes to two hours. Like That's insane. Yeah. yeah. Like even when you dive, you don't dive for more than an hour. You know, you have an hour's worth of air in your, in your single tank. So that's just nuts. So I, how do they do this? Like how can they survive at, at those depths and be well, able to Well, they must be breathe? taking a big breath. They must be taking a big breath when they do surface. Right. right. So without getting too much into physiology, you know, your muscles are working, your organs are working, you need oxygen, right? Oxygen Mm -hmm. for the cells. You know, we all know that from cell biology, not all, you know, people that study this stuff. So a couple of cool things that whales have that we don't. First, Mm -hmm. they have two times the amount of hemoglobin in their blood. And that's important because hemoglobin is what binds oxygen. So when we breathe, we absorb oxygen. And our hemoglobin binds it and it carries it around the body and feeds our cells oxygen. Well, mm-hmm. whales have two times the amount of that in their blood. Then there's a thing called myoglobin, which is a protein that binds oxygen in muscles. Cause as your muscles work, they become oxygen starved. And that's why like when people like say when you go run, you know, or go up a flight of stairs, Angie, like five stairs. You're like, you better be talking about yourself. I just, I just did a 5k this past week and I beat I know, all the 21 year olds. I beat all That's the 21 year olds. It you? was awesome. Yeah. Now they weren't super in shape, but I'll, mm, I'll take a win when I, I get know. One. <laughs> I know you're, you do kick butt on the uh, stairs. That's why I say like, I, you go run stairs at the stadium. I do. Um, I used- could go up five steps, maybe six <laughs> would make me start breathing. Fast. But when, you know, when anybody goes out and exercises, you, you start <gasps> breathing because your body starved for oxygen, right? So this was just recently discovered the last five years. Whales have nonstick myoglobin. So those proteins are more efficient. They store more oxygen in their muscles. There's actually a lot, a big push again, how whales can benefit humans for people, you know, looking at the molecular mechanisms of this. When you have accidents, people that, you know, have injuries, that there's less blood supply, maybe there's something they can give to make the, uh, and save organs and things like that. Mm, right. So there yeah. definitely has, yeah, it was really cool reading this. Well, and when I was looking into some of their physiology for how they can hold their breath and how they can dive so mm-hmm. deep, we know certain things, as you had mentioned about the hemoglobin, right. the myoglobin, and they actually, uh, they have a larger, Lung capacity and the fact that us humans fill our lungs about 20% when we take a, a, right. a deep breath, mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. a blue whale, it's they can fill their lungs up to 90%. So right. they can they use more of it. Mm-hmm, yeah. They can use more of it. But a lot of things with 
the research keeps coming back to is there's still so many things we don't know about mm-hmm. how they have this adaptation. And as we learn more, or if we, if we are able to learn more about it, there's probably potentially some medical insights or other, yeah, just get benefits from them. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. cause their ability to, to dive deep was, I was also really impressed with that. And uh, just right. to uh, f- touch on a few parts of that, for those of you that are familiar with scuba diving, know that we can only go as humans, mm-hmm. we can only go so deep where otherwise the pressure, the weight of the ocean for lack of better terms above us would crush us. Mm-hmm. And then of course, when you mm-hmm. come up, after scuba diving, you have to come up slowly to release right. the pressure so you don't get the um, the buildup of nitrogen, which can cause issues such as the bends. And blue whales dive deep comparatively, so they go about right. 500 meters when they're feeding uh, during different dives. Wow. And so they have a lot of different ap- adaptations to be able to accommodate the pressure and also to not get the bends. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, they have... Their lungs will flatten as they dive down, but their ribs don't break because their ribs are a lot more flexible mm-hmm. than ours. I guess in humans, the pressure mm-hmm. would cause our ribs to break. And yeah, there's just some, Ugh, I know, right? There's some really yeah. cool physiological adaptations that we can maybe put in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So you guys can be as, oh, yeah, like, as I was reading about, it, I'm just like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my, that's so cool. That's so cool. That's so cool. Uh, physiology is, I, uh, yeah, yeah, there's so many things. I mean, it was like one of the things I learned too is when they surface, they exhale first and then they inhale. See, that's right? so great. Right. That's, and then, uh, yeah, 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 I mean, what? What? What the what? Yeah, what? and then the, uh, I know I have it here somewhere. The blue whale, uh, you know, that, that spray that comes out so that, that it goes up to 30 feet. Whoa, that's 30, three stories. That's insane, that, but they exhale. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah, just, I really want, I want, let's get through nutrition quick. Cause I really want to get to the well, behavior. Chris, and, I don't know how quick it's going to be, to be honest with you, because, uh, no. <laughs> the, well, no, we'll make it quick. We'll make it quick. But the, the other really, the, one of the adaptations I was most fascinated with their nutrition, is just how they feed. So just to touch on the baleen, uh, which mm-hmm. is the terminology uh, for the filter feeding system, also the type of whale they are, uh, inside mm-hmm. the mouth of blue whales. Um, because mm-hmm. it's just so fascinating. And it's basically, it's a filter like it's it sounds like. Uh, and mm-hmm. what it does is when they engulf a whole bunch of water with obviously their target prey, so as they open their mouth very wide and engulf things such as krill or small fish, sometimes even birds, but mostly yeah. krill. <laughs> or bird. Uh, <laughs> a bird here and there. Uh, uh, the uh, the baleen, this, the filter feeding system that hangs from the top, is – I almost want to describe it as like a fingernail right. – it's made of keratin. Yeah. Once again, we always talk about keratin mm-hmm. uh, that hangs from their mouth in a plate-like form. Mm-hmm. So it's not, in it, but it's not a tooth. It's almost like uh, it's described as like a bristles. Right. Brush, yeah. Yeah. Is a good as yeah. a as a, a nice way to describe it. That as the fish passes through there and the whale closes its lower mm-hmm. jaw, it squeezes. It uses its tongue right. to help spush spush the water out. And the krill get trapped in this filter mm. feeding system. But what I was fascinated by is the length 
of each one of these baleen or each one of these keratin fingernail bristle brush things that Mm -hmm. hang from the Mm -hmm. top of the blue whale's mouth is uh, in blue whales there are each piece of baleen is 100 centimeters. Wow. Yeah, so 100 centimeters are 40 inches in length. Yeah, that's insane. And there's, mm-hmm, and they're spaced about... It's half my body or more than half my body. Yeah. Yeah, so they're huge. Yeah. And, uh, but then they're, and then they're spaced about a quarter inch or one centimeter apart. Huh. And so that helped. Mm-hmm, so, you know, that's... The, the little critters get trapped in right. there and some passes through. So just, oh. yeah, just. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of the, yeah, they're, they're feeding. I, the one thing I read was like the pleated skin that we talked about underneath that allows them to mm-hmm. like expand. So it's almost like it just enlarges this big scoop. I didn't realize how big the baleen sure. was. That's nuts. I did find how much their tongue weighs. Again, <laughs> one of the, the factoids. <laughs> and I'll just give you, I'll go straight to the punchline. Their tongue weighs as much as an elephant. Like seriously, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, I have a yeah, like two point seven tons. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Their feeding behavior is insane. Like that, they can survive on krill, and then just to kind of tidy up uh, nutrition, that the adult blue whales can eat up to four tons of krill per day. Yes, that is a lot. Four tons, or I have about, or I have about yeah, eight thousand pounds. Um, and. Fun oh my fact, God. Chris, for um, for yeah. anybody that's ever watched their waistline to either gain weight or lose weight. I'm always more on the losing side. Right. Uh, guess how many calories or kilocalories a day a blue whale eats? Oh, God. You can't guess it. But just, All right, just so play. we need, you know, okay, we need, let's see, I need about 2,800 or 2,500 roughly. Per day, I am way underneath a blue whale size. A uh, million mega million calories. You're I don't not know. Not bad. Good job. Uh, See, Doctor Chris. Right. Doctor Chris is bad. Well, it Dr. is, is the, it, the daily energy requirement of an adult blue whale is, is about one point five million kilocalories. Oh, it's insane. So, oh God, that's yeah. insane. That's insane. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's the ocean's amazing place. Sure. Right? Um. Like and we're just at the we're just at the the cusp of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it's that's crazy. So I'm really itching to get to this, Angie. I really want to talk about the sounds they make, like whale song. Like I just everybody loves whale song music. Oh yeah, I think I have it uh, as an option on my noisemaker for nighttime. Right, right? the the whales. Right. The, yeah, ooh. for the kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. Ever, you sound like Tori. <laughs> I was gonna say it's, it's a little creepy. I, I usually go with the rain or the traditional ocean yeah. sounds at nighttime. Um, yeah. With the whale songs, just a little background is the toothed whales or dolphins, like killer whales or bottlenose dolphins. They use mm-hmm. echolocation for hunting and navigating, and that's where they bounce mm-hmm. sound waves off of objects to help tell them where their food is, where their prey items are. And I think we discussed that a little bit more in detail, either in Vaquita, uh and then maybe right. even in Whale Shark. I'm not bats. Sure. Definitely, bats. Definitely, definitely yeah, in bats. About bats. Yeah. Uh, but blue whales or humpback whales, they generally produce sound, uh, which is termed songs that are used for mm-hmm. communicating. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit different mechanisms than the echolocation. But it's obviously amazing and we're just we're just starting to learn about it but just some of the some quick cliff notes on blue whales and their vocalizations or songs is that they are the biggest animal to ever live but they're also the loudest yep 
Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. And so they they sing at sunset. They can babble in the evening. They can be quiet or they can basically shout to their buddies 60 miles away. Yeah. So let me just jump in real quick because please a little bit with Dr. Getz. Off New Zealand, mm -hmm. they were getting the Antarctic blues. They did not think they came up this far north that, you know, they stay down near Antarctica where all these krill blooms are. And so she's like, we were picking up these blue whale sounds because they are so loud from Antarctica. And so, you know, I'm not going to get too much into it. You got to listen to the interview to, to, to kind of figure it out you know, or listen to what she talks about. But yeah, I mean, talk about loud. Like they can so hear Chris, them from here. Mm -hmm, they've been detected up to a thousand kilometers mm -hmm. away. Mm -hmm. So that is just super impressive. Right. And, and so just recently... They're uh, scientists at the Scripps Institution of Oceanography, near old mm -hmm. stomping ground. Ah, yeah, La Jolla. Yeah. That's where I yeah, grew yeah. up. Yeah, Del Mar. Mm -hmm. What, California. what? <laughs> yeah. What, what? Chicago? Mm -hmm. No. Del Mar. What's that? Yeah, no. It's beautiful beaches there. Um, my uh, old mm -hmm. husky dog that I had adopted and rescued, he actually peed on a kid buried in the sand in one of the fancy La Jolla, La Jolla beaches. <laughs> so oh, bless, that's funny. Bless Sinatra's pumpkin heart. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, kid, yeah. The, the kid was mostly buried in the sand. He <laughs> Thanks, Angie. Bad. Whatever. Thanks for visiting our beaches and letting your dog pee on kids. Well, <laughs> It wasn't. It was a dog beach, but it was like a dog and human beach. So it probably okay. since then it's probably been separated. Just oh, I know what beach you were at. You probably I know what do. Beach you were at. Yeah, it was gorgeous. It's called Blacks. It's called Blacks Beach. Okay. It's off the. Okay, yeah, that's it's the clothing optional one. Yeah, I got it. Oh no! Oh no! No no! Well, I have got me. <laughs> um, the husky and I had lots lots of stuff on. So, but uh, but no. Anyways, so researchers collected more than forty five hundred recordings of blue whale sounds taken from the mm -hmm. underwater microphones from many wow. locations, like over a dozen locations over 14 years. And mm -hmm. they analyzed all of them and they basically have reported that the songs that blue whales make are really special and that mm -hmm. they are out of all the, out of all the whales that have been studied, except for maybe I think the humpback whale, they're some of the only ones that make actual songs not just not just notes they make right. they do patterns of four notes at a time they each lasting wow. two minutes hmm. and so it's a phenomenon that's like i said it really hasn't been seen in other populations and it was seen in the uh and actually the pygmies that you were right. uh, that you were talking about and they think that they think that it's mostly males and that they haven't really heard these four note songs and females, at least at this point, which makes some sense because males are probably doing it for breeding or territorial mm -hmm. reasons. And they just don't want to anthropomorphize too much as of right. what exactly the songs mean or how, how right. it relates to uh, communication or culture. But they're definitely starting to unravel the mysteries just a little bit besides the fact that Mm -hmm. You know, they've always known about the distance and that they, their, their vocalizations that are much lower decibel than, than mm -hmm. humans talk at. But yeah, they have these low frequency sounds that make them almost like chatterboxes sometimes. And then, right, and, then right. and then they have these really beautiful songs that they've recently found too. 
Chris, here's an example of what a blue whale sounds like. Try a different one. Let me try this one. So in that last clip, you can hear the different notes. Angie, those sounds, it's like, it's haunting. And I want to take a swipe at the movie industry for using whale songs for like scary stuff because I think they were ingrained, but it is beautiful at the same really, time. It's interesting. So I know for me, I don't get scary. I get like beautiful, just mysterious. Yeah. I'm a water sign though. Mm. I'm an ocean lake, Lake Michigan girl. Mm. So I just, I like want to. I want to be that four-legged animal that dives in the right. ocean and can just evolve to be right. part of the ocean. Right. Right. So for me, it's not; it's just pure beauty. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, it's really amazing. But there's still so many mysteries to unravel mm. with the with the blue whales. And of course, there's simple facts that we know that they can reach speeds of up to 50 kilometers per hour in short bursts if they're wow. interacting with other yeah. whales. But they typically cruise around 20 kilometers or. Um, even maybe even a little slower than that sometimes. Uh, what's interesting about the speed is talking to, to Dr. Getz. She was saying the reason blue whales weren't like ever hunted before, be, before modern boats was because they were too fast. They couldn't catch them. Mm-hmm. The old sailing boats, they yeah. couldn't catch them. Yeah. No, they had to, they came, they started being hunted a little, like you said, after they got more modern boats and more modern harpoons mm-hmm. because of their size and their speed and their power. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, man ended up dominating and then almost wiping them out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah <laughs> but yes. they, they, but, but yeah, no, no, they, 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 so they're not, they're not fast, but they're, they, you know, they have a pretty decent cruising clip mm-hmm. and they can go fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a boat after them or something. Uh, and, and we know, we know that there's social structures that they're, more commonly alone, uh, solitary, except for when breeding or mm-hmm. a, a mother and a calf. And they have been seen congregating in certain areas, mm-hmm. probably where there is a krill or a feeding bloom. Mm-hmm. But they don't, they don't form really close knit, uh, family groups, which is often seen in some other of the baleen species. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but one of my favorite things that I learned about their behavior, because once again, there's not a ton mm-hmm. known. So one of the fun terms I learned when studying whale behavior, the little bit that was out there about blue whales, is that they do a behavior, or most whales do a behavior called spy hopping. Mm. And this is because they have pretty good sight above land. Mm-hmm. And so what spy hopping is, is that they'll, it's a maneuver where they, uh, rise their eyes above water to investigate what's going on. on oh land. yeah. 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 Okay. And, and then they'll, from there, then they'll drop back down. Right. So under the water. So I just thought that was kind of a funny yeah, thing. I, yeah. I find myself spy hopping at yeah. my boyfriend sometimes. I'm just <laughs> well, John doesn't listen. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, 
No, it's so funny, but so I just thought that just, is, that just gave me a, so, a cute, AJ, this a is very, the new, a new, very cool visual. This is our new podcast. It's confession time. So we'll just have a confession <laughs> radio. So like at the deep voice late at night, Angie, you're okay. I already know you go to black speech in La Jolla. So yes, I did. I, mean, I told you about my, one of, one of the sins of my Sinatra Husky dog. There's many more stick with this podcast and you will hear lots of funny stories about that dog. That yeah. Dog speaking of that, so next was talking about repro. I'm thinking how big are these guys? Well, I vampire like your, squid. I like- I was going to say, I like that your mind goes instantly to the cutter, Chris. Hey! Thank you. It's what we talk about. And you better believe that my mind's right there with you. I have it documented (laughs) right here that, uh, yes. I knew it. Just to, just to, just to sum things up really quick for repro, Mm -hmm. uh, the blue whale has the largest penis of any living organism. And. (laughs) How big? Oh, God. Seven um, feet? I don't know, five uh, feet, two hey, feet? Hey, wow. Dr. Chris, you are on top of your A game today with uh, all of your whale facts. It is. Yeah. It's about, um, it averages in length. Um, it's from eight to 10 feet Jeez. or 2.4 <laughs> to three meters. Stay away but from that thing. How, but how, Chris, what really fascinated me about, uh, the blue, uh, the male and his, uh, private parts is that length, yes, fine. Of course, yeah. size is, impressive if you will uh well, yeah i mean they're so big. i mean it makes sense yeah. right um but yeah. the other thing that's really cool about form and function is that because blue whales are mammals and mm-hmm. so they have they're placenta mammals and they give live birth and they have to mm-hmm. the male has to inseminate the female internally uh, mm-hmm. when she's ovulating which we don't know a lot about any of that stuff so i can't get into mm-hmm. that but because they're in the ocean and they're these big large animals and the male with his tiny little, well, he actually has long flippers, but he can't yeah. hold on to her where, uh, in a lot of mammal species, right. the male will When they copulate, mm-hmm, yeah. When they copulate, the male will physically encourage the female to stay put. And yeah. he can't do that. So instead, nature has given the blue whale, and probably most citizens, the ability to have a very flexible and almost prehensile-like tail that mm-hmm. can basically taper and and find its way towards the vaginal opening and they can mm-hmm. also they can also sustain a lot of torque and sweeping movements in the female perhaps moving and so it's a very right. uh it's not your average penis pardon the pun and yeah yeah and which is what it, when you're doing that kind of, when and when you're breeding in in the open ocean uh, with all the elements and not able to hold on to your female it's important to have a a very strong and, and or flexible and agile penis <laughs> wiener mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so bless, bless, yeah. his, bless, I mean, bless we, his heart i mean we do study repro so i mean it's 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 funny you know that usually we don't get giggly about this stuff but thinking about a 10 foot long wiener is insane mm-hmm. it's just and, that, but this is what blows my mind this is all presumption no one has ever observed mating or breeding grounds and recorded the yeah. behavior in the blue blue whales that I could find. Now, right. uh, maybe your specialist might know more, and I would love to be. I love, yeah. I don't love to be wrong. But if there's ever any facts here, listeners out there, please correct me. Yeah. Uh, we do we do make mistakes here and there, but as far as I know, it hasn't been recorded. And so uh, I think that there's still a lot that we don't know. He might even have. Oh yeah. Uh, 
he might even have more tricks up his sleeve, <laughs> if you will. Um, but we do know that mating is in late autumn and continues yeah. to the end of win at the end, end of winter, uh, depending on the different regions where you live. And sometimes um, a second male may try to displace the first male from uh, the breeding female, where they they do know that the, at that point the males will like race each other and mm-hmm. get really high speeds. It might even cause blue whales don't typically breach the way right. Breaching means where a whale will jump out jump of the water and, yeah. and like make large, large splashes. It's a way to communicate. And blue whales don't typically do that, but sometimes when they're competing with other males for breeding rights of a female, they, they will do that. And mm. regarding the female, Chris, it's important to note that she does not reach sexual maturity until she's five to 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And her gestation period when she is pregnant is uh, 10 to 12 months. Yeah. So yeah. I guess. For her size, I thought that maybe it would need to be longer, um, yeah. but it's really not. However, what she, even though her gestation period maybe isn't as long as, say, the African elephant or whatnot, right. uh, she produces a big old baby. Do you want? Yeah, I imagine. Do you want to take a stab, a, a quick guess at how big a newborn blue whale calf is? Uh, Three hundred pounds, which is huge. No, I mean, if a baby horse is 100 pounds or 80 pounds, mm-hmm. 400 pounds, 500 pounds, Man, oh, it's still big. No, not even close. Uh, so, <laughs> it Okay, is, no, back to Chris. Mm-hmm, sorry, yeah. back to Chris. No, no Dr. Chris today, or Dr. Mortensen. Uh, no, well, it is going to weigh about two and a half tons or the, about the size of- Holy crap. Just to put it in a visual for you, that's a full-grown hippopotamus. <laughs> two and a half tons? Oh, God. Yeah. Can you, oh, ladies, can you imagine that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh my God. That's, I thought I that's had some huge. Big, I thought I had some big babies, right? And they're also, oh, wow. and, they, and then with that being said, they're seven to eight meters long. Oh, wow. Wow. So they're so, big. I mean, just, yeah. They're big. Yeah. It's, they're huge. Oh, they're, yeah. um, but interestingly enough, oh, this is a fun one too. Oh. A blue whale calf drinks about... 100 to 150 U.S. gallons of milk a day. Wow. Yeah. So, I imagine yeah, as big as they are, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or liters, that's about 380 to 570 liters a day. Mm. And but interestingly enough, too, I always uh, – there. I think we talked about a little bit in, in the, our um, river dolphin section, but an ocean mammal lactating is an interesting phenomenon because they don't really have – external teats Mm -hmm, the way that mm -hmm. a normal mammal does. They pretty much just have, they've evolved over time to have what are known as mammary slits, Mm. which slits isn't really doing it justice because in a whale, this slit is like 1.5 meters long. Wow. Yeah. It's it's (laughs) huge. It's it's long. Yeah. But, and researchers are still a little unsure about how the calf gets the milk. They might curl their tongue Mm -hmm. um, around an, an internal teat to release the milk or they might have specialized muscles that actually make the mammary glands contract and squeeze the milk in the mouth. That's crazy. Yeah. They don't, they don't know. We really yeah, don't. It's it's crazy, phenom- yeah. We don't know. And, uh, but what they, we, regarding blue whales, they do know that a calf is weaned only after about six months. Mm-hmm. By that time, it's doubled in length. Uh, but considering the size of the animal and when we look at other land mammals, that's a pretty quick weaning time. Mm-hmm. comparatively to other animals, but probably that has to do with the milk 
it's tough for the animal to get and that they would do better on actual nutrients from the ocean or, I mean, honestly, researchers don't know. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but after six yeah. months, the calf will swim off and it's learned everything it needs to know and it, mom, it's away yeah. from its mom forever. Yeah. But it's important too, to note that as we move into the conservation of the blue whale, that their generation interval is about 31 years. So what? What? Yes. They, how often do they have calves? Wow. So they only have calves every two to three years, we think. Yeah. They think. Yeah. Uh, and so, so generation, because, mm-hmm, because it's it takes, longer take, than us. Yeah. Mm-hmm, they take a long time to mature and then probably, mm-hmm. and then of course, locating a male and, and right. then, Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, that's where, that's why this decimation of the whaling industry that it was halted in around 1966 mm-hmm. or early 70s, depending on different countries. Mm-hmm. I mean, that uh, that was, what, 40, 50, 40, some 50 years ago? And so there hasn't, yeah. there's the generation, they can't, it takes a long time for them long time. to recover. And yeah. we know that they yeah. are slowly starting to recover, thank goodness, which yeah. is the great news. But it, it does take, a, it, it takes a while. Yeah. So. And their population is only 3 to 11% of what it was in 1911. I, you know, that was the IUCN estimates. Yeah, right. And so just... Other numbers are that the mm-hmm. IUCN estimates that there's probably about 10,000 to 25,000 blue whales today mm-hmm. total. Uh, in the whole world. In the whole world. That, that's In the whole world. In the whole, all the oceans uh, of all the world. Yes. And, yes. But of course, that's a best guesstimate because it's sometimes hard to track these populations. So it could be less. Mm-hmm. And so the mm-hmm. IUCN declares them as endangered. Right. But yep. with potentially populations increasing, but once again, not to pre-whaling numbers and the populations that are left, these 10,000 to 25,000 blue whales are severely fragmented and mm-hmm. often sometimes maybe can't find a mate or have other issues finding food. Uh, the largest known concentration of blue whales is 2,800 individuals in the Northeast Pacific population. Okay. And those are the okay. ones that are commonly seen in California. Right. I think it's the the Soviet whaler, whalers came down down here in the Antarctic, and the the Japanese. And again, a little bit into Thursday, we talk about this. There there has been some illegal harvesting of blue whales that happened. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Looking at conservation, so oceans in crisis. Here we are again. You know. A lot of threats to, to blue whales. One of the biggest ones, uh, talking to Dr. Getz, is she was talking about how humans are starting to exploit all the regions around the Antarctic. And that is a mm-hmm. major concern. Where humans haven't normally been, now we're there. So you're talking about right. oil and gas exploration. It's been in the news here in New Zealand. She was talking about... I was reading about noise pollution. Noise pollution, yep, yep. Uh, they were doing... There's a big thing here with Greenpeace, but... You know, we have New Zealand's just banned oil exploration for a while or, or put a halt to it until we mm-hmm. have more research because they do a lot of this underwater sonic booms looking for oil. Right. Yeah. As, and does, the mili- as does the military. Military. Yep. That too. The one of the big concerns is this ocean conveyor belt mm-hmm. and it's starting to weaken. It's it's scientists are, are really, 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 really concerned about it. That if it shuts down, it's game over. It's game over for us and probably many other animals. It just will wipe out a lot of life on Earth. It is so critical to the health of the planet. 
So what's driving that is climate change. I, I was prepared today to really hammer hard climate change. In the interest of time, I won't. But there should be no debate. It's human caused. This isn't natural what's going on. This isn't a natural warming trend. It's never in the history of the planet have we seen carbon, you know, in the last 50 million years. How about that? You know, since the last mass extinction. And so my conservation tip today is how can we live a carbon neutral life? I know Angie really hit hard on the plastics. I just was like, okay, what's something new? I think is the first thing we can do is education. Sure. And shut down, shut down climate change deniers telling you, I, 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 100% from the bottom of my heart, I'm a scientist. I don't study climate, no, but I've looked at some studies and the consensus. And when you reach a consensus in science, that is a real thing. It is a real thing. Yeah. And when 90% of climate scientists reach a consensus and says, this is human caused, this is not natural, this is a problem. The world's take notice except some politicians. Well, Chris, you know, and what, what always fascinates me about the climate change denial is what's, what's there to, to deny? If, if client mm-hmm. scientists, climate scientists are right, we have everything to lose. If mm-hmm. they're wrong, what do we have? What, what harm does it do us to be more carbon be neutral? More efficient. Like that doesn't do, yeah. like we don't have, we don't have anything to lose if we try. If we don't right. try, we have everything to lose. And that's, I guess I just don't, even if you, for whatever reason, are climate change denier or something, or, mm-hmm. I, I mean, mm-hmm. why would you, like, what harm is it to, 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 to work on renewable resources and yeah. energy? And yeah. I, I don't, I just, preserve habitat. I just don't understand it. I mean, yeah. un, interestingly enough, I'm sure once the automobile came around, people, and the horse and carriage industry were probably pretty hmm. bummed and like, oh man, I'm yeah, gonna... upset. Yeah, they're yeah. like, oh man, and, and, and they were, but somehow they survived. They decided to, yeah. I don't know, go into a different in- innovate, they, yeah. go into a different industry. Maybe they joined the car automobile hmm. industry. Uh, maybe they went to the racehorse industry. I don't know, but yeah. I don't, you know, uh, the coal and the oil and all these, uh, all these incomes that people are so worried about losing. Mm-hmm. It's like evolve to something cleaner and better. Yes. I, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I know. It, and if they won't do it, then it's up to the public, the global, the international public, yeah. the world. We share it's one world uh, to, yes. to make them listen, to vote with your dollar. And yes. so yeah. I don't know. But yes, you're, you're right. It's, we could go yeah, on. You and I could go on for days and maybe someday we, yeah, I know. We, you and I, I could do a morning coffee session and just and wrap yeah. and then we can put it on Patreon yeah. if listeners want to, yeah. <laughs> if they want to hear us, us go yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and even thinking about it is like, we should get a climate scientist or a sure. expert and try to research them because it has such an impact on nature. Right. It's yeah. It's really scary. This stuff is really, really scary. There should be no debate outside of the U S there generally isn't a debate. It's just within the U S and financial interests has made it a debate. But looking at this real quick, so my carbon footprint, uh, for most people, 50% of your carbon footprint is produced at your home, and the other is outside you, of your work. Correct me if you're wrong, doing. you found a website to help you with your numbers. Yes. Yeah, so I, I'm going to do this as fast as I can. I'm going to put the links on the show notes. I encourage everybody to go and calculate your carbon footprint. This blew me away. And I did it for kind of for my family. So some of the things like the driving, I took on all the carbon for my wife and my two kids. But, you know, my, 
my total household for me was about 0.01 metric tons of carbon a year, which wasn't that bad. This blew me away. I have a hybrid. Mm -hmm. You have a hybrid car. My total car is 2.16 metric tons Mm, of carbon a year. I was like, even with a hybrid, I don't even want to know what my old Dodge truck was. Like, even when I was telling Ashley about this, she's like, you're not getting a truck. Because I'm thinking about getting a truck. After doing this, I'm not. But see, even that's a step in the right direction, Chris. Like, I love that you went to this website and did this. I can't wait. Please put it on the show notes because I want to do it uh, ASAP. (laughs) To fly from San Francisco to New Zealand, it was 0.77 metric tons of carbon. So what you're telling me, Chris, is you need need to plant some trees. (laughs) Ashley, if you're listening for Father's Day out there, go get your husband lots of trees. No, but... (laughs) I know, so but in, overall, all, in, all, serious, in overall, all, all jokes aside, though, in all seriousness, uh, yeah. I, I, I usually do give John a tree. Uh, we plant a tree uh, with the boys yeah. for Father's That's Day. That's good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, do you want to know? Do you want to know how many trees I need to plant? So my carbon output, and that's taken on again three other human beings. You know, the the car, the food, all that stuff. So it came out to seventeen metric mm-hmm. tons for me. Now, if I divvy that up, I'm probably the average, okay. like seven or eight. You know, if I get signed some to my sons and sign some to Ashley, but the average for New Zealand is seven point six five metric tons. The average for the world is four oh, metric wow. tons per okay. year. So, one tree, one tree generally offsets forty eight pounds of carbon per year. So, for my carbon imprint, I need nine hundred trees. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, now, just real quick. We're losing 55,600 trees a minute. So that's 2.7 million tons of carbon sink lost every minute. So I was going to have you run some stats and come back to us. You know, that we have 250 births. <laughs> some, I, I looked this stuff up. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I and love numbers. Do, oh, yeah. But so not, we have, maybe not in this instant. In the world, I just think this is cool facts. We have 250 births a minute. 100 people die every minute. So we gain 150 people per minute mm-hmm. on earth. So that's 600 tons of carbon gained every minute. And we're losing yeah. 2.7 million tons of carbon sink every minute. So I just was like, holy smokes. Uh, I'm going to keep this up. I'm going to, again, trying to lead a carbon neutral life. I think that's all of our goals and we just need to work towards it. But you know, what are some sure. of the, we're, we're going long. I'm sorry, folks. This is just such an incredible episode, incredible animal. And you know, you can, message us if it's too long, but you know, what are some of the organizations? Because these ones, I was just like, again, talking to Dr. Get here uh, Mm -hmm. in New Zealand was amazing. Right. Well, and I think that there is a lot of good being done. And I think you're an example of, of doing that with looking into your carbon footprint. And I, and I want to applaud you for doing that. And, uh, and these, each little thing we do every day to change our behavior is a step in the mm-hmm. right direction. And maybe one tree is not enough, but maybe two are, maybe three are, maybe if everybody did right. that. And so I think that, no, it's so complex of an issue, we can't change it all right away, but we can all help. And there, regarding blue whale conservation, there's a lot of great things being done. And so my mm-hmm. first organization of the week is called the Blue Whale Study. And you can find them on Facebook or at bluewhalestudy.org. And Chris, these are your neighbors. Uh, this is Australia's longest running blue whale research program. Yeah, we love the Aussies. I know. They do such great stuff. Yeah, and so they're, yeah. they're still trying to unravel some of the mysteries of the blue whale. And they basically are committed to the field of natural science. And they do a lot of research on the endangered blue whales. 
uh, and they work towards studying their movements and migrations so mm-hmm. we can learn more mm-hmm. about that behavior. Uh, their habitats, what kind, what kind of healthy habitat they need to live in in order to do all of their behaviors and to be successful, reproductively speaking. And then, mm-hmm. of course, their feeding behavior. How much food do they have? Where are these krill blooms? Uh, they want to, with all their research, they always like to disseminate their research through scientific publications and conferences, mm-hmm. which you and I are big fans of. We love science. Right. Yep. And, of course, science they work locally in the community, too. They do a lot in just local schools. Getting mm-hmm. It all starts with the youth. The, hey, kids, you guys are going to be the, those are the kids that are going to save the world. Uh, you and I can try, but it's the younger generation that matters. Yeah. And so yep. the Blue Whale yeah. study really hits home and does a lot of local grassroots stuff, which I I think Mm -hmm. is really amazing. And they also Mm -hmm. have something called the blue news, which is their, Mm. it's their newsletter. So they can keep you updated on what kind of research they have have going on, how you can get involved. So, I think it's a thumbs up. I got to subscribe to I that. Know, yeah. yeah. I, I, I would love to get one of their scientists on here too. I think it'd be fun to talk with them. So mm-hmm. kudos to blue whale study. Check them out. And then regarding just uh, citizens in general, there's of mm-hmm. course a lot of different groups, but what I wanted to focus in on this week, um, a group I've been tracking for a while, actually since we uh, did dolphins a little bit ago, but this is the American citizen society and they're on Facebook mm-hmm. But they can also be found at www.ac as in cat, s as in sam, online.org. So that's www.acsonline.org. So the mission of the American Citizen Society is to protect citizens, so whales, dolphins, and porpoises, and their habitats. And they do this through public education, uh, research grants, and, of course, conservation actions. And what I really liked about... Their website is it's very interactive, tons and tons of inter- information about whale behavior projects, sustainable foods mm-hmm. that you can eat to help endorse a healthy ocean and um, harvesting seafood from the ocean in a healthy, sustainable manner, which I think is really key. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have whale watching naturalist programs that you can learn about. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And we're at, you and I are definitely natural born educators. So all you teachers mm-hmm. out there mm-hmm. listening or kids that are in school, they have curriculum for teachers that help students learn more about whales and, and dolphins and other citizens and how to protect them. Uh, they mm-hmm. have, they go to conferences and they have a newsletter as well. Um, so, Great. yeah. And, and then, too, if you're really extra into uh, whales and dolphins, you can go out on an expedition with them, helping scientists track their behavior. Yeah. And Ooh. so, yeah. Uh, and once again, a shout out to California, Chris. These guys, the American Citizen Society, yeah. they're out of San Pedro, California. Okay. Hey, that's for my – so my, my uncle's. We're a tuna fishermen. Oh, okay, yeah, ago. and this. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, San Pedro. Yeah. What? Well, what? Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's all of it us is, today. Uh, and, and, yeah. So my mom was like, grew yeah, up. Yeah, and so and these guys are committed to sound yeah. science. So uh, they yeah. obviously believe in climate change and are trying to work yeah. on uh, yeah. and helping that situation out. And so, yeah, I I think that they're they have a lot of awesome stuff on their website for the for somebody who wants to help yeah. citizens and. And they don't really know where to get started or if they want to learn about them. Yeah. Yeah. No. And uh, the Queen Mary's in San mm-hmm, Pedro mm-hmm. docked there. So anyways, grew, grew up 
My See, old haunts. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a really, for me, with yeah, Wales, yeah. it was definitely yeah, yeah. California, kind of yeah. New Zealand, Australia. Yeah, you guys are doing really, yeah, doing vibe. really great stuff. Yeah. And so, and then my last, yeah. not conservation group, but my last um, shout yeah. out, since I focus a lot today on plastic, I always want to give people right. solutions. I'm a big, I know there's tons of problems out there, but I want to give people solutions to the problem. And so there's a group out there called the Plastic Pollution Coalition. They can be found on Facebook, mm-hmm. um, of course, on the internet. And they have a goal to reduce p- plastic pollution and its to- toxic mm-hmm. impacts on people and, of course, the ocean and the overall environment. And their web- this website is amazing. I spent like an hour of my life on it and just, just touching the surface of okay. their initiatives that this the plastic pollution – Pollution Coalition does, but their big their big thing is to educate and inform, and then they want to collect, connect people, right. all parties of uh, part, all parties, communities, environment, public health, government, businesses, right. policymakers. They connect everybody together globally. They have pledges for people to take action or to skip the straw, as we had talked earlier. Mm-hmm. And what they really focus on are what I call the four R's, and this is a great great concept. Right. So. Regarding mm-hmm. plastic, they focus on refusing it, reusing it, mm-hmm. reducing it, mm-hmm. and recycling. So, yeah, right. check uh, check them out. Yeah. I uh, yeah, we'll put it all. Yeah, we. It's funny you're 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 talking about all this stuff, and I'm like, we have a lot of homework for our listeners. Talk about being educators. We're like, you go I'm to this sorry. website, go here, and go do the carbon footprint plan. And really, for us this week, what I want you to do, everybody, is do your homework. Go do your carbon footprint and post it on Facebook. Let us know. What's your calculation? And yeah, come together. Let's come together and as a community of listeners and and Angie and I. So I'm going to recalculate mine maybe just for me. 17 makes me sick to my stomach. See if I'm more of the average. But... We, uh, you know, come in there and then let's just discuss ideas. How do we reduce our carbon? What can we do? Right. Simple, realistic solutions. Cause yeah. we're, we're Plastic's all Plastic's a great start. It's a great start. Absolutely. Yeah. Skip the straw, yeah, man. It's a great start. Okay. So real quick this week, Dr. Kim Getz, another one of my huge conservation crushes now, her and Allison <laughs> are, are fighting for my, my attention, I guess. I, don't let Ashley Whoa, listen to this. Uh, oh, God. They're amazing women though. Doing some amazing uh, work. Heck Yeah. Yeah, so she's a U.S. researcher, so she's from the U.S., and she did a tagging study on blue whales around New Zealand, and we talk about that, and she just has some incredible insight. So please uh, listen to that. I just It was a joy talking to her. And my final shout-out is I want to say hello to Tamara. Tamara has been a solid fan since day one. Hey, so Tamara. She, she has been a solid fan. Like, I just... Every time I go to Twitter, every time I go to Facebook, I've always seen her name pop up. So thank you, Tamara. Well, she needs you know, to request a species. It. That should be Yeah, there you go. Send, mm-hmm. Yeah, send us a message. Send us a message. Tell me what you want us to cover, and we'll get it done. So, oh, God, Ange, this is a long one. But, hey, I, it's amazing. The oceans, blue whales. Um, next week, we'll cover some newt or something that's like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Something that I didn't have like 30 slides prepared for. Sorry, guys. If, if you stuck with uh, we us, love we, love we love you. nudes. We love nudes. Yeah, no, we love you. We love blue whales. Yep. And we love our oceans, right, too. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let's take yeah, care of Thank them. you. And, and we'll uh, listen, look for uh, Dr. Getz's interview, but we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, everyone. Listen. Learn. Share. 
Join the movement at allcreaturespod.com.